Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from listeners like you. Learn how you can support the show and get exclusive podcast merch, including stickers, book totes, and more, by visiting matthewcwinner.com. Everyone sounds real good. <laughs> you all are totally professional. This is great. <laughs> to be fair, we have been living online for a month, and it feels like a year. I yeah. Mean, why don't all of you have podcasts at this point? <laughs> like, oh, because everyone in Kidlet. <laughs> that's why we have you, Matthew. That's right. Yeah, yeah we rely on you, because I don't think I have the brain, <laughs> brain to start a podcast. <laughs> I know you all had to cancel your book tours, so just start podcasts <laughs> instead. <laughs> Pretty much. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 637. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner if you want to support the show. Today I'm joined by Varian Johnson and Shannon Wright, the creative team behind Twins, an all-new middle-grade graphic novel. It's fair to say that both Varian and Shannon put a lot of themselves into making this comic. But what surprised me most was how much of all of us are in these panels. Twins Maureen and Francine are off to middle school, and Fran has had just about enough of always being mistaken for her sister. So, she sets out to carve her own path. Unfortunately, there's collateral damage to making such big attempts, and it sets the girls as literal opponents in the race for class president. You and your readers are going to love this one a whole lot. Please welcome my guests, Varian Johnson and Shannon Wright, author and cartoonist of Twins. Hi, my name is Varian Johnson. My pronouns are he and him. And I am the author of books like The Parker Inheritance, The Great Green Heist, and Twins, my new graphic novel illustrated by Shannon Wright, out now from Scholastic. And hi, everyone. My name is Shannon Wright. Uh, my pronouns are she, they. And I am the illustrator on books such as My Mommy Medicine, I'm Gonna Push Through, and like Varian mentioned, our newest debut graphic novel, Twins, which is out now for all to buy, purchase, check out from your libraries, whatever it may be. 
ooh, you've got a comic, which makes you like the already superstars of every single library that I've ever walked through. Just going to say it. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad you're here because I like you both. And (laughs) that means a lot to me. But all I have to do is tell my students, which I did today. Hey, you know, I get to I get to interview comic artists and authors tonight. And um, that's just, do you have the book in the library? Can I have it? Is it checked out already? Can I put a hold on it? It's it's wonderful. <laughs> it's great. Like I keep on saying we're in this golden age of, of comics and graphic novels, but then I almost want to say that maybe we're not and maybe more to come is to come and it's going to be even better. It's oh, certainly yeah. an exciting time with everything that's coming out right now. It's interesting, right, Varian? And I feel like the... The golden age, if you will, that we're in right now is that most of the folks writing comics um, are coming from, well, I read these paper comics like X-Men or, or, or whatever, these serial comics, and now we're telling long-form graphic novels. And I feel like the kids that are reading now will be the ones that will take this format in directions that we just can't even guess right now. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, for the way sure. that they're going to spin it is just going to be amazing. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, and I'm looking forward to that. Like, I cannot wait to see how they just take this medium already and just like enhance it. I, I, I just, oh, I'm, I'm just like excited thinking about that. Like, it's going to be amazing. Because aren't we? I, I feel like we're, we're as a librarian, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, in in the school where I am. I don't want to speak for all librarians, but I feel like we're getting to this place where comics are largely understood and respected in ways that they weren't maybe 10 years ago when uh, perhaps parents or teachers weren't really sure of the, of the validity or the, the, the weight that a, a story can hold in graphic novel format. And now we've had comics winning awards. We've had comics that really, the stories can't be told in in any way other than this format. This format really is what makes it uh, connect in the way that it does. And you have kids reading and reading and rereading and just Mm -hmm. devouring books. And that's, that's sort of a superpower of comics too, getting kids to identify in some cases as readers who never did before. Mm -hmm. For sure. I feel like, um, you know, it's cyclical, you know, someone will come along and say something's not a real book. Oh, it only only counts if it's nonfiction. Mm. Uh, if only counts if it's biography. And we've slowly broadened that to say, oh, no, these other things matter as well, too. And mm. now here we have a format that we're saying that matters. And the industry, um, both the publishing industry and also teachers, librarians, parents are embracing that. Uh, and like you mentioned, Matthew, it certainly helps that we've had so many um, comics winning awards. I think mm-hmm. they've always been worthy of them. But mm-hmm. when you think about the Tamakis and Gene Yang and Jerry Kraft, uh, among others, um, it really, it does bring some validity to the form, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I would also like to point out, as you're sharing too, that we're also getting more comic creators of color that are mm-hmm. being recognized because this space has been largely represented by by I think white authors and illustrators are the names that kids could yeah. name or the names you see on the best selling list that's not to say that that uh black and brown cartoonists authors weren't getting a chance but that mm-hmm. we're starting to see that widen mm-hmm. and 
from my students that are saying like, well, yeah, this book has black kids in it, but where's the author telling that voice? I want to, I want to see the yeah. author that I look like, or the illustrator I look like. We're, 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 we're finally starting to see that space. And that's in part because of folks like you who are making these fantastic books. So thanks. Oh my God. Thank, thank you. I, whenever, when I, whenever I hear that and, um, I, I just think about, I went to a reading day at, um, my friend's sister's kid's school, which is, which is weird to just say this is a lot of words, <laughs> but I, I was introducing books and I was reading books and I was showing off, um, the books I had done and I was showing off the, uh, the arc of twins and this little, this, this, this little black boy, he, he could not stay in his seat. He was just like getting up and just like, just, he was, he was just so involved in what I was talking about. And so I asked them, I was just like, uh, are you surprised to like, you know, see the, the illustrator of the book and stuff? And he was just like, yeah, I just, you know, I didn't think that I would like see the actual artists and stuff. And so I asked him, I was just like, okay, well, do I like live up to your expectations? And he just nodded and he was like, yeah, oh. yeah. And I was like, and and it just, I wanted to cry, but I was like, I'm in a room full of like a bunch of fourth graders. They're going to like roast me or something. Um, so I was just like, well, I'm so happy <laughs> that you get to see like the person behind the book. And I could tell like he was just so like, it changed his life. Like, oh, of course. Like, um, a lot of these kids don't get to actually see the hand behind these books they're consuming and stuff. And I know there's this idea that like, you know, books are just, they're just made and they come to be, they're just magically there. And it's just like, no, a real person is making these books. I think it's, <laughs> it's, telling stories. yeah, I think it's hugely important to see the faces mm -hmm. behind the books that kids make. And whenever there's a, a picture book that I read aloud to students that has the pictures in the back of the book, we do look at that because we want to know that like this, this is the person that was thinking of you and thinking of, of readers when they wrote this book. But also, I, this isn't I, this, this isn't something I need to say out loud, but let's say it just for others to hear it, that when a kid sees someone that looks like them making a thing they love, suddenly it feels like, well, that means that that means I probably can do that too. It feels mm -hmm. like permission or it feels like opportunity there's just something there that although i would say kids today have this great tenacity that they they the ones i teach have felt like well if if publishers or librarians or whomever are not going to show me books being made by people like me then i'm going to make them mm -hmm. uh yeah <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm thinking about my own career and I would not be an author if not for Walter D. Myers mm, and specifically yes. finding a book and realizing that someone black like me wrote that book. Um, that's what gave me the the urge to think I could do it myself. I had grown up loving all sorts of books, certainly books by Judy Bloom and Beverly Cleary, uh, mm. but it took discovering Walter D. Myers and Virginia Hamilton, those two authors specifically, to make me think that I could be a writer. Um, and, you know, one other thing, you know, I think about this book and it really encompasses everything that um, I hope to do or that, that we do with the Brown Bookshelf. You know, yes. uh, 20, 2007, 2008, me, Paula Chase Hyman, Dante, Kelly Starley Lyons started the Brown Bookshelf. And as we talked about our mission, we really wanted to focus on um, highlighting and uplifting uh, African-American creators, 
we didn't necessarily want to focus on the books that they were creating while that's important but we also knew it was just as important to highlight the people behind the book Mm-hmm. And so when we do our 28 Days Later campaign in, in February, we try to pull a wide variety of, of authors and, and illustrators, creators, some well-known, some emerging, um, and show their faces when we can on this poster or just available. So so it's a, it can be a resource for, for folks looking for books written by uh, people of color, specifically Black creators. Mm-hmm. I, I think about... Well, you know what? Before we go any further, realizing that we are just hitting it off and yet we haven't sat and talked about twins. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oops, whoopsie. Um, but I love I love this conversation about comics. I love this. No, let me say this briefly. Um, it's amazing to me as a person that has grown up on comics. It's amazing to me that. That comics have made such a space for queer comic creators, queer storytellers, that this has been a safe space for a, a, a marginalized community for a long time. And so there there have been, there has been that space to, to welcome people in, maybe not necessarily in like mainstream kids comics, but that's been there. And to, to have a format, to have a, 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 a community where you do have these creators that maybe have felt I'll put myself in that category. I've felt as a queer person on the margins in storytelling before. And yet I found like, wow, not only do I find like a comic that I feel like resonates with me, there's a ton of comics and those creators are coming from that experience of there wasn't a book like this. I never saw myself in a book before. So I made the thing to see myself and there's just a whole community there. So I think about what that means for uh, students to be finding themselves, for students of color to be finding themselves in these comics like you've made and realize that I think often the comics community is just a community of people who have never felt represented that are mm-hmm. going to share their stories. Like this is, this is an awesome community to be sharing stories in. I'm just, I'm really proud to know that your book and your work is now part of that conversation because your book is so good and your book represents not just the, uh, representing, um, representing, uh, black authors and illustrators, but also you've got the twins thing because you're like own voices, twins. I love it. Yeah. So let's talk about first, have have you worked up a, a Varian or Shannon? Have you worked up like a, a book talk for how you pitch this book to folks that haven't come across it yet? Uh, yeah. You know, we, you know, we, yeah. Shannon and I have been talking about this book a lot. <laughs> so, uh, okay, Shannon, we're going to try that thing off the fly, all right? I'm going to do my thing. Okay. Take it yeah, off you do you, your right? thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Twins, our book is about, uh, well, twins. Twin sisters, Maureen and Francine, grew up together. They're always a pair. They dress alike. They're members of the same clubs and organizations. And then comes middle school, and everything changes. Fran begins to pull away. She um, starts dressing differently. She joins different organizations. She goes by the short name, changing it from Francine to Fran. And and Maureen really, really struggles with this. She doesn't know uh, how to kind of navigate this new world, this middle school, without her sister. 
the girls are trying to figure this out and they're at odds with each other, talking at each other, talking past each other. And eventually they end up running against each other for a sixth grade class president. Uh, and now twins is very much inspired by my background because I'm a twin, uh, born five minutes younger than my brother. And like Maureen, I really struggled with how to become my own unique, uh, authentic self uh, without my brother. Mm. But the book is uh, also inspired by my daughters. Uh, my oldest daughter is nine and she loves graphic novels. She devours them. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like you're talking about before, Matthew, it, it was really hard for her to find uh, a large number of graphic novels where black kids were the main characters. We certainly saw um, black kids in comics. We saw them as supporting characters, secondary characters. But to be the star of the story, we really, really struggled to find that. Uh, and so Twins morphed from being a story about my childhood to being a story about these black girls and these black kids. But I knew in order to really, you know, tell the story right, to give the book justice, that I needed to collaborate with a partner who understood what it meant to be a black girl, who understood to take all of this thing I was trying to say and to turn it into something in this beautiful, magnificent way with all these kids, with all these varying shades and shapes and sizes. Uh, and I'm so honored to be on this journey with with Shannon Wright. Oh, I that was nice. Emotional. That was I real know, nice. That, that was good. That was good. I, I'm I always, smiling for you, Shannon. <laughs> I know. I, I'm over here like cheesing so hard, and I'm just like, how do I, how do I uh, finish this uh, this layup that Marion has just passed to me? Hey there, book nerds. Holiday shopping is upon us, and you know what's even better than hearing bookmakers share their stories while you're out shopping or perusing online? Having those stories in your home, your classroom, your library, or your life to be enjoyed over and over. Bookshop.org allows you to purchase your favorite books from the show and support local bookstores while doing it. I even maintain lists of all the books shared each season, so it's easy to find what you're looking for. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop, or use the link in the show notes to find your next favorite story. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so I pr pretty much everything Varian said, um, but yeah, so it was like you again, like we we were talking about earlier. We thought it was very important to not only have um, black and brown kids in this book on the page, but to have creators that were making these stories. And I've I've mentioned this on my my book tour on just everything I've talked about making twins felt like second nature because I see myself in the girls. I see myself in their friends. And so it, it, it was, I mean, besides like the labor that comes with making comics, other than that, it was, it was, it was nothing for me because I was just like, I know these girls. I see these girls. These girls are me. These girls are my family members. These girls are my cousins and everything. And so for me, I personally re relate more to um, Francine. Uh, she's very outgoing. She's 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 known as like the popular one. She's the talkative one and whatnot. But the beautiful thing about Fran, um, 
And the thing is, like, none of these girls are like the bad guy in this in this story. It's it very much feels like they're they're trying to become their own person and just find each other. And when that comes to be, you you are trying to figure out how to set your boundaries while also um, not disrespecting the people you love and stuff. And it's hard. It's hard. And also trying to communicate, like even at the age I am now and stuff, I'm finding moments where I don't know how to communicate sometimes my feelings. And so this book feels very believable and relatable when you're trying to navigate that space on how do I let this person know I still love them, but I need this time to find myself. Um, And so creating this book and drawing the pictures in this book, um, it it was definitely like a love letter to my family and my community, but it was a love letter to me, this little girl who's been drawing forever. Like, I don't know if there was a moment where I wasn't drawing, but like Varian mentioned with his daughters and just a lot of kids, I never really saw too many stories, especially just like comic books, let alone like graphic novels where black kids were the stars of them. And so having this book and making this book, I, I felt like I took this tool that I've like my pencil and stuff like that. And I took this tool and I created this world that I, I wish a little Shannon could have seen. Um, but she's, she's still inside. So she's getting, she's getting to see it now and she's so happy and she's so proud. And it's just, I love it. I love it so much. Like I, I keep this book everywhere. Um, it, <laughs> it's, it, I have a lot of wear and tear in my own book already. That's um, awesome. Wow. It, it, yeah, it stays by my bedside. It stays in my studio. It goes everywhere with me. So I love this book you, so much. You've both done exceptional work on this book. It's beautiful. I I love the I love the the way that emotions just tear and pull. There's this tension of like, are we supposed to be twins together or separate what if i want something different from my sister um Mm -hmm. how we share friends what does it mean when friends get in the way what does it mean when i'm just trying to do this one thing but it ends up at odds or at war with you it's 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 such a beautiful book there's a uh um on the the arc that i had there's a a section that i folded down like so i dog-eared so many of the pages (laughs) in chapter three when when um Francine is confronting Maureen over uh, uh, just over why their school schedules are different. And you find mm-hmm. out that, um, well, here, do you mind? Can I, can I read your comment? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Cool. It's always so much easier if I just read it than explain it. So um, here's some, some drama that folks will just uh, have to see in the book when they see it. It'll be page 68 if you're holding a copy in front of you. But uh, it, it, it starts uh, with Maureen saying, I already have a partner for our class project, but I'm sure Penelope will understand if... Maureen, I don't want to change my schedule, says Fran. I don't want either of us to change classes. I knew it wasn't a computer... Oh, I'm sorry, it goes, uh, fine. I guess I'll, I'll switch my classes. I don't like singing in public, but you don't get it. Um, Fran continues, I don't want either of us to change classes. I knew it wasn't a computer glitch that caused our schedules to be different. I asked mom and dad to put us in separate classes. And she says, what? Why? 
Aren't you tired of being the Carter twins? Don't you want to be your own person? And it just continues with this. Well, Shannon, to your credit and to you as well, Varian, for how it was written, you just watch these girls in their faces and they they take turns carrying the different emotion. And isn't that what we do? That now I'm angry and hurt and I give you my hurt and it starts to feel better that you're starting to see me, but now you're hurt and I have to take that on. And you just see this, I don't know, for, for lack of better um, ways to describe it, this like tennis match of emotion going back and forth. And the way that comics work is that we are the character that we're reading. We are we are seeing ourselves uh, in that space. We are empathizing with the emotion that you have drawn on their faces. And it's just, that's only page 68. <laughs> like, there's so much more to go. <laughs> so so here's, the, here's the thing, Matthew. I'm like actually over here tearing up because like I can, I can relate to this on just so many different levels between I, I have siblings of my own and you know you have varying relationships you have sibling relationships you have friendships you have romantic relationships and I've been in this 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 situation like many of times where it feels like a tennis match and so like <laughs> I'm like getting emotional you can hear it in my voice but like yeah it 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 it's like you're you're both hurt and you don't want to keep hurting each other, but you're just like, these are my feelings. And this person's like, well, these are my feelings. And you're just like, well, where do we go from here? You know? Yeah. So I think the girls, I mean, at at various times in the book, I think they feel like there's this huge gulf between them that they just don't know how to navigate. And, you know, and it, and it really does mess with their, their emotions. Um, Shannon is great with emotion and 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 showing that on the page. And I realized quickly on that I don't have to give a lot of extra. Well, she's doing this and doing that. I could just say she's angry or she's upset. And Shannon would take that and create this 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 beautiful look to all the characters, yeah. uh, which makes it even feel so much more real. Like again, I I love page sixty nine. Right. And I feel like I call that the dun 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 page. Yeah. Right. Because it's getting closer and closer and you see the subtle look change and looks in, in Maureen's face as she realized what her sister has done. And it's so believable. Right. And it's like a train wreck. You're seeing in slow motion as it slowly clicks and she sl- slowly realizes what her sister did. Um, and then this just wave of emotions after that. Um you know, I think that's believable. I think I yeah. think siblings go through so many emotions, and 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 it goes to something Fran said. Uh, Fran, huh? it said this goes to something Shannon said. You can call me. You can. I also go by Shan too. Shan, <laughs> this Shan. is perfect. I know. It also goes to something that Shannon said. Um, that the girls aren't bad guys here. Like they're. It's not like one is good and one is bad. Like they're both really awesome, and they're both kind of tough on each other sometimes as with their parents and everyone else there everyone is trying to navigate this thing and there's no you know superhero in this everybody's kind of fumbling a little bit yeah and you have that wonderful payoff too two pages later that we're building this tension and then you just give us you both give us 
this wordless full page spread really with the camera almost seated on the floor looking up at these girls they're sort of their bodies are making an a-frame where they're just rigid standing looking at each other and it's 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 hard and you know it's it's also hard to turn the page because you're you're there in that real emotion very and you mentioned about the gulf uh of 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 a divide between the two of them the irony being that these are two girls that are sisters and are close and so if anyone's going to understand we know as a reader we know like your sister is going to understand what you're going through and yet your twin sister your twin <laughs> sister and yet you, you we go through this in life that we allow this gulf to expand between us and the person we're having a conflict with where we just feel like there's no way they're going to understand even though that's that's ridiculous that they wouldn't understand who better would understand mm-hmm. so it's it's funny that we do that to ourselves very let me back up and ask cuz i know that you and shannon I know that you worked hand in hand in this book, but at what point did she come in? Did you have this whole book um, drafted? Did you have the full manuscript done, paneled? How how far were you when Shannon became involved? Uh, not far at all. I um, had been talking with Scholastic, our publisher, about um, different projects, and I had um, talked to them about turning one of my books, The Great Green Heist, into a graphic novel. And I did a couple of pages for an adaption. It took a while to figure out how to write one. And I sent that into my editor. And she said, well, this is great. But, you know, The Great Green Heist is doing really well uh, for us in paperback. Do you have any other ideas? And I said, well, I've got this other idea about um, about twins. And so I started kind of working on that. And that actually took a while. I put it aside. I was working on other things. And my new editor came on and said, hey, well, what else do you have going on? I said, well, I've got this idea here. And I did some more sample pages, and he said he loved it, and so we started moving ahead. And I worked up the the uh, synopsis of it, worked on some more sample pages, and then all the while we started talking. Okay, who would be um, the right partner for this project? And I was really adamant, like, look, the only way I'm doing this is if it's a person of color, and I really, really want. Oh, sorry, let me take it back. I said, if only if it's a woman of color, and I really want an African-American woman. I just feel that is, that is where I feel confident. If we can't have that, then this project ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were really receptive to that. So we started um, kind of looking at folks. I was keeping my list. He was keeping his list. And I asked um, a, an artist, an author, uh, Nyla Magruder, and she said, Shannon Wright, that's who you want. Uh, that's who you want. And so I started kind of checking Shannon's stuff out. I'm looking at her editorials and seeing her work. And I'm like, oh, she's pretty great. I, I think she's 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 amazing. And so my editor and I, we get to the point where we're ready to bring folks on. And we're talking and we, we're down to two people. Um, and Shannon just found some of this out. We're down to two people. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> and, I'm, and, and we're talking and I'm like, and, and to be fair, they were both great. The other person had more experience. Mm-hmm. Which was just, which is great, uh, and but we're like, well, I just we think we really think Shannon's it. Let's ask her to do some sample pages. So Shannon did these sample pages, and as soon as we saw the page, it is um, the early version of it uh, looks very similar to the final version in the cafeteria. I wish I, I'm looking to see what page that is in the book, and I can't find it right now. Um, um, good question. Oh, uh, twenty two, twenty three. Like yes. where the. 
Yeah, let's see, like, where the map was, right? The yeah. map, yeah, the yeah. map. When we see the treasure map, we're like, yep, she's it. She's the one. Um, that's what we want to work on this project. Um, but we didn't know Shannon, like, had some other stuff going on her, her on her end, too, um, before we, we contacted her about it. So you want to tell your, your part of it, Shannon? Yeah, so um, everything checks out in terms of uh, what Varian said. That is, that is true. <laughs> I, I found out via uh, a virtual tour launch that it was down to me and some other person who I do not have the name, but that's okay. This is That's better for me. So um, I... What was I doing at the time? I was I was still just um, doing editorial work, and I was I was making comics here and there. Uh, I was making stuff for like the nib and just some whatever I was getting commissioned to do. I I I freelance, so that means I just I just do what I can to get by. <laughs> to um, so at the time, um, I kid you not, maybe two or three weeks before. Varian and our editor at the time, Nick, hit me up. I had gotten I had gotten hit up for another graphic novel pitch idea or what what whatnot, and it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it, but I was getting to the point where I was getting very burnt out from my like editorial career because um, starting out I was only getting commissioned and hit up to do very heavy pieces on just like black struggle, black trauma, whatnot. And, and it was just like, well, I need money. So I'm just going to take these jobs. And it, so it took the, an emotional toll though. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a, and it's still an emotional toll that I'm dealing with and turning down jobs. And I'm just like, I, I can't go back to this place. Mm. Um, and so the script that came in, um, a very fascinating story, but it touched on a lot of, that stuff and I at the time I was just like I don't think I can do a 200 some odd page book that touches on so much like black trauma and 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 stuff like that and so I turned it down and I was like well um there it goes there goes my little graphic novel opportunity and so again like two or three weeks later I get this email from Scholastic and they're just like hey we have this story idea um please read the the synopsis and whatnot and I read it I fell in love with it I was just like what do I have to do next and they were just like we need some sample pages um and at the time I think I was juggling um SBX was going on oh yeah uh, so I was, I, I, I didn't tell you this variant. I was like trying to make a comic at the time and also doing these sample pages. Again, I'm just like, I need money. So I, I need to make a comic for this convention show so I can maybe get money. Um, and so I'm doing these, these pages and whatnot. And then they're just like, yep, let's, let's move forward with you. And I was like, I'm not doing a story that's going to emotionally scar me like this. <laughs> And it felt and it felt really good because it's just like a lot of my work, despite a lot of topics that I cover, has this this sense of joy and just like it touches on humanity and just seeing people being joyous and stuff. And I was I was getting frustrated because I was I, I was like, can can people just recognize me and commission me, hit me up to do that work? All of my white colleagues just get to do that off the jump. Why am I getting put into this box where it's just like trauma, uh, police brutality, this, this and that? And I was just like, I'm, 
I'm running. I'm I'm on E. I can't do this anymore. I mean, the answer to that, you know, the answer to that is because yeah. all of us white people like that's really what we need to see right now. It's just like, mm-hmm. wow, let, show me more trauma of what black people are going through, which is mm-hmm. awful that like we're just perpetuating this cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry, I had to just jump in to say, like, let's oh, take no, some no. let's take some onus there. Yeah. And so this this story was like. In, in a way, it was just like a blessing in the sky because I was just like, this is everything I am. I love slice of life. I love slice of life. I love stories where maybe there's some fantastical elements here and there. But for the most part, we're just following some kids doing some mundane things, going through emotions we're all familiar with, with their friends, because I really resonated with a lot of um, just like manga and stuff where that's what it was like sometimes they're you know some fantastical elements but they're just like we're just some kids doing doing things and we hang out with each other and we we win with the power of friendship and i was like yes i love it and we get teased by our sister for wearing 90s callback fashion and then all of our friends Mm -hmm. think it's cool yep (laughs) love it love it sign me up so it is it is so good and it's it's your book like a lot of books that we're starting to see come out more now just give a chance to for a kid to see somebody like them being a kid without all of the yeah. we can go through heavy stuff but the heavy mm-hmm. stuff can be i'm fighting with my sibling or i'm in this class this cadet class that i is like freaking yeah. me out or i'm running for president and i don't know is it worth running or worth keeping my sister fine with me like it's complicated mm-hmm. and yeah. and to show complicated and beautiful lives like that is important i'm glad that you both mm-hmm. are doing it and let me also say that uh that the the full color art i was just saying that i i i, I just this week my full color copy came in the mail so i was so glad to to have that but i've dog-eared my arc and my arc has such fantastic ink work from you shannon it's just like your compositions you. are awesome and Thank you. and i'm i'm just like it just shows that like you you just brought it. I can't believe that three weeks prior or whatever you were offered something and had whatever you know universal sign showing you like this is not for you, but mm-hmm. we got you. We got mm-hmm. you. And and here here's this. And if I could also I forgot we're like nearing the end of our time, I have to say <laughs> this thing that I never even said to Varian, which is that I was looking up uh, we we've been talking about your book a lot on mm-hmm. the other podcast on Kidlit these days we make a joke about how often twins comes up because <laughs> kelly yang i think has been hit up on twitter mm-hmm. by us a couple of times because front desk comes up obnoxiously because we are mm-hmm. obsessed with that book and as does a picture book that i want to shout out called magnificent homespun brown by, by samara mm-hmm. Doyon and um illustrated by kehlani Juanita. a beautiful picture book and the <gasps> yes. third book is twins by you both and and a thing i noticed when i was linking you on IndieBound is that it doesn't just say twins by varian johnson and shannon right it says twins number one (laughs) so i don't want to let you go without unpack for me what does i know what it means i want to i want to believe what it means tell me what does twins number one mean varian and shannon yeah varian what does twins number one mean it, it means it can mean whatever you want to mean. I think <laughs> it is perhaps possible that there could be 
We'll see. We'll, I mean, you know, we'll see. I mean, keep your ears open. Keep your ears and eyes open. It, it's, yeah. it's possible that, that Fran and Maureen have a little more to share with us. Well, yeah. they're just, this is just the first two months <laughs> of sixth grade, you know? I, I mean, that's right. They, they I, I am told that they have a life together moving forward that we um, could potentially see. And you know what's even better? That um, when and if another book comes or not, you mm-hmm. leave this book in a space that it leaves kids wondering what is happening before this book happens and what's happening in their life after mm-hmm. it happens. And that space that you've left for your readers, that space is everything too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to say really, really quickly. I love, I love that so many readers are picking up this book and loving it and, and mm-hmm. seeing something in it um, that, that, that they can, that, that brings them joy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think, you know, just putting on my creator hat, there's so much in this book too that I think that's worth creator looking at. Like just to, for instance, looking at the arc, the advanced reading copy to the final and seeing um, um, kind of the progression of Shannon's art throughout that. Mm-hmm. But like every choice she made with angle and color, whether it's muted or not, or whether a, a panel is jagged or uniform or, or rectangular you know that was a conscious choice right mm-hmm. yeah. um every page turn is a conscious choice you know every panel size is a conscious choice and i really think just humble brag it's really a great exercise to look at and think through okay well why did the creators choose to do mm-hmm. this thing here um and what does that that mean like i'll say just be me my nerdy self like we first see the fold out of the girls together and they're really, really happy. And so I knew that the next big one of them together, I wanted them to be at odds with each other. And mm-hmm. I wanted that they'd be a really big one too. And I knew we would have the gutter and the divide. But mm-hmm. then Shannon decided how to populate that room, how it was facing with that point of view, looking up as opposed to straight on or down or whatever. Um, yeah. th- there's just all the stuff that goes into it that you that I think is important to to realize. And I guess I'm just saying that to say, I love talking about the story, but like the, the craft of it is really amazing too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that as a, as a author only of a comic, as opposed to an author illustrator, as opposed to a cartoonist, I think that that line from author to author of comics becomes very different. And to hear how collaborative this was, yeah. Um I think is not necessarily the way it always happens. I'm sure that there are other writers of comics that are not illustrators that do act almost more as a director sort of saying, here's how I think the shot should be. Mm-hmm. But regardless, it's always world building together, isn't it? Yeah. And, and Shannon, some of that stuff that you do with, I mean, we know, or maybe kids are not always conscious of it or comics readers are not always conscious of it. But we know that, like, when you have this, what is it, like, two hundred and fifty pages ish? Mm-hmm. So, like, a two hundred and fifty yeah. fa- a two hundred and fifty page book, you are working in half of two fifty. You're working in a hundred and twenty five um, moments where you have to leave something hanging in order mm-hmm. to make that reader want to turn the page to compel a reader to turn the page, and that is something that you must do in comics mm-hmm. that people that write prose don't have to worry about. You're never worrying about a page turn in prose because you don't know where the page is going to turn. 
But in a comic, every one of those decisions is conscious. And Mm -hmm. how much you populate a page with panels versus how much space you give. So yeah, Shannon, I think it really does speak to... I don't know what it looked like with Varian um, paneling the manuscript or not, but but I know that, that your name is on here as the artist and that that command that you have over pacing the reader through this book is mm-hmm. is is a huge part of why this book works not just why this book is good but why it works thank you so i'm i'm so glad you you both said all of that and i've talked about this with a few friends and peers and stuff and this is how i approach anything i make uh editorial anything like that comics to me um, it's, it's, it's a, a problem that I'm trying to like solve. And so when I'm laying out panels, I'm laying out the page and stuff, I'm thinking about what is the problem that I'm trying to solve and how can we effectively make it stronger and make everything hit. Um, again, going back to like, like page 69, 70, where the girls are in the room, I, I was like this this is going to be on a page turn. It's going to be on a full spread. We we wrote it out in the script. And that moment I was thinking about, I, I thought about um, all of the, there's a lot of moments in like anime, for instance, where you have the protagonist antagonist, they're like going at it. There's like lightning going on in the back and all this other stuff. And so I wanted that moment where the girls are having the standoff to feel like that it it because it's a, a, a an important moment and it commands and it demands the reader to be like oh this is serious like something is something is brewing or something has come to to a head and this volcano is about to erupt um and it's the same way with just like all the other panels um i'll i'll admit um going into this book was very intimidating and there were there were moments where I didn't know how to start or where to start or even how to lay out comics, which is funny because I've just like I've done this before. I've like taught comics and all this other stuff. But when you it's like your baby, you're like, well, where do I start? And so I leaned on people like uh, Gail Galligan for a start off point. And I noticed in Gail's comics and she she's just she's so good. Mm. Um, she didn't have more than like three rows of panels in a like per page. And so I created some limitations for myself to get through this book. And I said, okay, to make this easier on myself and like not as overwhelming, we're going to stick to a three tier uh, setup per page. And also I'm just like, this, this book might be some kids first comics. I want it to be a, to be as accessible and fun as possible. And I don't need to overcomplicate things for them and also for myself as a creator. And so I I don't know. I just had, I have so much fun making comics because I'm just like, how can I solve this problem? And how can I make it fun and make it read and make it hit? And it's And it's like creating music and it's like creating anything. It's just like, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get that like momentum going. Like, where's the beat dropping? Where is where is that silent moment and stuff happening? Mm. Well, Gosh, I wish I, I wish we had more time because like I know that's a whole conversation in itself. Ex- making something accessible is hard, and like it takes mm. 
it takes skill to make something that you hope will be accessible to a wide number of readers from from all the choices you make. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it takes skill up. to make something. It takes skill to make something feel easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you, when you read a lot of comics, mm-hmm. and this is a good thing for teachers to be doing with kids too. I, I, I I'm watching our time. We, this could be like five episodes, but <laughs> the, it's important to be able to talk to kids about discerning what they're reading and having mm-hmm. preference because read just in comics read all the comics and yep. know that like you're going to find that s- certain artists the way they panel and pace just is more akin to the way you like reading a story just like certain authors the way they write prose and pace is something that speaks more to you or not i love shannon this is one, I mean, I, I I love that, like, you know, you should maybe make more comics, Shannon. You know, maybe I, I maybe there'll be an opportunity for you, you know, you know, to maybe, you know, make make some maybe more comics, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, wink, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But I, I want to say that um, I love symmetry in stories. Just moments that you can tell this was intentional or... Or if if not intentional, it was working in the subconscious of the author or artist, and it's beautiful when that happens. And I wanted to point out, because I realized so much of what we were pulling was from the start of the book, that that one um, facing off full um, spread where the girls have had that argument where I mentioned about the camera being on the floor is paralleled at the end of the book where you've got that camera like up on in the corner of the ceiling in the girl's room and they have a moment where things are coming together and and having the camera placed there feels it almost feels like um like maternal or parental it feels mm-hmm. like someone looking over you it feels comforting instead of yeah. like looming and those thoughts as well as that symmetry i think are really beautiful and for you to for you to communicate the intention of giving yourself limitations and thinking of this book as as a tool that a mm-hmm. kid's going to interact with to receive the story. How can you best build this vessel to yeah. carry the story to them and ideally to have them revisit it and explore yeah. it and dog ear its pages and all those things. You both did a beautiful job. And I, I, I think maybe the best place to end is here knowing that we have so much more to say Mm -hmm. and I will look forward to the next time I get to talk to you both and say it to you and explore this with you, whether that's on record or not, it doesn't matter to me, Mm -hmm. but knowing (laughs) that we all just like a kid that gets to see you over a zoom author visit or in person one day, just like a kid is going to have more to say to you than time will afford them. I know that Mm -hmm. time is not affording us more things to say. So I will wait and just say, thank you. Really? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. This has been amazing. It's a conversation. mm, I loved it. It's important that we do make sure that we end giving you a chance to speak directly to those readers. Mm hmm. And so I, I will end this way. And Varian, I'll start with you. And then Shannon, I want to make sure I, I get to give you the last word. So Varian, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? 
Sure. Um, as they're in the library, I would tell them to find something to read that makes them feel something, whether that's joy or excitement or makes them feel inquisitive or even that makes them feel sad or brings them comfort and sadness. Finding um, a book that helps to um, match the emotion that, that you're feeling right there and enhance it even, I think is a, is a wonderful thing. Shannon, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yeah, um, I want to say to all of the kids out there that I want you to be kind and patient with yourself, um, especially now more than ever. And if at any point you feel like creating, create. But if not, that's perfectly okay too. And that whatever you create and whenever you get around to creating it will be unique, uniquely yours and yours only. So that's my message to everyone. Please be kind to yourselves. I'm trying to learn how to be kinder to myself and more patient with myself. And that's what I want for everyone going forward too. So. Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the show and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the free music archive. Want to help out the show? Become a patron at patreon.com slash matthewcwinner and your support and contributions will directly impact my work here. And always, writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.